Hey everybody, welcome to episode 271 of the Running Rogue Podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, and I'm coming to you with a fun topic today, hopefully something a little lighter, perhaps some will consider it more useful, but I'm going to be talking about 11 running hacks. Now, I don't necessarily believe in hacks in training, but these are 11 things, 11 secrets that I've learned through the years as an experienced runner ways to make your running life a little bit easier. So we'll be talking about those things in this episode, 11 things to hopefully make your running life a little more fun, a little more easy, and perhaps a little more stink-free in a few cases. So we'll get to that in just a second. A couple of notes before we start. One, did want to thank you officially. I did hit the 2 million download mark after last week's episode as I anticipated. So again, thank you all for listening and sharing and following along. It's really, really powerful to be a part of this community through this platform. So thank you again for that. Second, wanted to give a shout out to Care Of, my sponsor for this episode and longtime partner now. I've been working with them since the beginning of last year, and it's been a great partnership. They're a product that I use, a product a product that I love to talk about. I'll be talking more about them mid-episode, so stay tuned for that. I've also got an offer code for you to try it out if you haven't yet. So that's it. That's all I've got for you by way of intro. Let's jump right in to these 11 running hacks that I wanted to share today, these little secret tricks of the trade that I've learned through the years. Some of these you may know about, some of these you may not, but I think for the most part, I'm touching on some things that perhaps aren't super mainstream. So hopefully you learned something. I will say just one quick comment on hacks. I'm not a big believer in shortcuts. And so I don't really think of these as shortcuts. And certainly I don't believe that there's any shortcuts, shortcuts in training, but we're gonna be talking about some things that have made my running life easier. Most of these are actually product related or relate to a function of a product, but all the things I'm talking about today, I'm not actually sponsored by any of them. So if there's any product that I mention in any of these hacks, these are products that I've used and pay for and <laughs> would buy again because I just think they're awesome and helpful. And most case, in most cases, they're extremely cost effective as well and will save you money in some cases. So here we go. Let's talk about 11 running hacks that will hopefully make your running life easier, less painful perhaps, and in some cases, as I said, more stink-free. So we're actually going to start on the stink-free topic. One of the things that is a big issue for us as runners is smelly footwear, smelly footwear. And I think there's a misconception that our footwear is smelly because we're smelly when we wear it or we're sweaty when we wear it. And really the reality is our footwear gets smelly because they stay wet after we take our shoes off. And when your shoes stay wet, then that becomes a haven inside that synthetic fabric that is your footwear upper. It becomes a haven for mold and mildew and things like that. And that's ultimately where the smell comes from. And in Texas, like I train most of the year, we've got hot and humid conditions. And so if you run in the summer, there is a high likelihood that if you run on a Monday and you put your shoes on Tuesday in the summer, those shoes are still going to be wet from the prior run. And so I've got a running hack for you. Some people would say, well, put newspaper in them. I mean, while that does work, 
it's not as good as what, I'm, as what I'm about to share because then ultimately you got to pull wet newspaper out of those shoes and who carries newspaper anyway these days. So my running hack for stink-free dry footwear is an appliance called Dry Guy. This is probably the best appliance I've ever used or owned. I use it every single day with my shoes. It is a device that is a that is actually sold as a boot and glove dryer for those that might be in cold climates and needing their shoes and or ski boots and things like that to be dried out after trudging around the snow. But I use it to dry my running shoes. I've got the four-pronged version. There's also a two-pronged version. The four-pronged version is about 75 bucks. The other one, the two-pronged version is about half of that. But I use it every day. The nice thing is has a timer on it that starts and stops this thing on its own. So once I'm done with my run, I take my shoes off. I put them on the dry guy. I crank the dial to turn on the drying air. And all it does for a window of time that you get to set is dry out your shoes. Just run cool, dry air through them so that they're completely dry by the time it shuts itself off. And then you can pull them off the next day and they're good to go. We have a four-pronged version. My wife and I both use it, so she'll throw her wet pair on one side. I'll throw my wet pair on the other side, and let me tell you, we've had stink-free shoes for the last probably four years since I've been using this product, and it is amazing. I do not have smelly running shoes anymore, and our laundry room where we keep our shoes does not stink because of these shoes. It is unbelievable. So get yourself a dry guy. Incidentally, it also works with gloves, socks, if you ever need to dry those items out, the product also has a warming button. So if you need to warm up something for whatever reason, you could hit that switch to turn on the warming element and it'll actually warm the item you put on there as well. But go get yourself a dry guy, I promise you, or buy it for a friend. This would be a gift, a great gift for a runner, a great Christmas gift for a runner. It is absolutely amazing and it has changed my life, my running life, because I no longer have smelly shoes. So go get yourself a dry guy air and boot dryer. It's unbelievable, truly. So there you go. Hack number one, have stink-free shoes with my favorite running appliance, my favorite appliance, period, the dry guy. So that's number one. All right, hack number two, I'm going to talk a little bit actually in a couple here about managing chafing or rubbing of the running fabric on your body. The first for those guys out there that have issues with their nipples getting chafed because of running and perhaps the dreaded bloody nipple situation where you end up with those red spots on either side of your shirt or singlet that might happen in training. It might happen in a race. For me personally, I know if I'm going more than about eight miles, then I can get some chafing there that is uncomfortable. So I will typically wear, if I'm wearing a shirt or singlet, I'm going to be wearing something over them to protect them. And you can buy some expensive products out there to do that that are purportedly specialized for that purpose. But I love a really simple and cheap option, which is to go to a Walgreens or CVS or drugstore of some variety. I think you can also buy it on Amazon and buy a $3 roll of what's called paper tape and you want to get the good stuff the 3m variety it's called paper tape medical paper tape sometimes you'll see it as surgical tape but it's really easy you pull off a little strip of it 
put it where you need to cover for it to prevent chafing and it works. It stays on, it protects, then you pull it off easily and painlessly and it's only $3 for a roll that will last you a very long time versus sometimes you might be paying a dollar per application for some of these more specialized products that serve that purpose. Also found that I can use it to cover up blisters on my feet if that pops up or sometimes you could you can use it to cover body parts that might be getting chafing from the edge of a garment perhaps the underwire of a sports bra for example that's an area that sometimes can be challenging for women so a little paper tape there might actually help you so go get yourself a three dollar roll of 3m branded medical paper tape it will last forever typically i lose my little rolls before i end up going through the whole roll and I'll have, I have one in my car, I have one in my drawer by my bathroom, I have one in a drawer in the kitchen in case I'm getting dressed there. So I've got it kind of everywhere just in case I need it to cover up those sensitive areas that might need extra protection. So go get yourself some medical paper tape, I promise you. Save you money and change your chafing life. So that's hack number two. Number three, a related hack about chafing is a more product related one for those that are using some sort of product to cover their 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 region their nether regions so to speak the common product that is used out there is body glide which absolutely does its job and it works but in my experience it's a little gooky gumpy can can kind of be a little bit challenging sometimes to get on because of its texture and constitution I like another product that is less known called Sport Shield, which is a roll-on device that doesn't feel like it's doing the same job the Body Glide does because it goes on really thin and really smoothly, but it absolutely protects from chafing as well and I think is easier to apply and does a better job with it. So go get yourself some Sport Shield instead of using body glide try that out try that out see if it works for you again goes on a little bit easier and has a better consistency when you get it on so it's not that kind of gunky stuff that can be a little bit uncomfortable once you get it on i use sports shield for my long runs i've used it on the 50 miler i did my ultra marathon and had no issues didn't even have to reapply in that situation and had no chafing issues so go get yourself some paper tape hack two and some sports shield hack three in order to save those sensitive areas and make it a little bit easier to protect them so that's hack number three sports shield versus body glide is my preferred choice okay the next thing i want to talk about as we kind of go through these rapid fire is a bit on hydration a bit on hydration because it is that time of year in texas we hit a record high this past week hitting 97 for the first time on april 5th as a record and it's been hot it's been warm so far this spring here which has made me think about myself making sure i'm well hydrated on runs it also makes me think about heat acclimation and how to make sure we're, we're getting acclimated as efficiently as possible. But one of the things I think people struggle with is 
getting consistent hydration on runs. And so this is perhaps a more straightforward hack, but I highly recommend the running handheld for in-run hydration to carry with you on those runs in the summer especially, but really year-round so that you can get a little bit here and there, take sips along the way versus relying on having to get larger volumes of water at a water stop, water station at your house or at a water fountain that you might have on your route. So get a running handheld and I highly recommend getting a little bit of a larger running handheld. Personally, I like a solid construction handheld that is a little bit larger. So I have a Camelback one that's about 20 ounces because I feel like it holds a little bit more. And I like the solid exterior because I think it makes it a little bit easier to hold. Mine also has a pocket on it. So if I need to slip anything in there to carry with me along the way, I can. But that gives me 20 ounces of fluid, which for me in the cooler months is about one hour's worth of liquid on just simply my hand. And in the summer, I usually need a little bit more than that, about 25 ounces per hour. And so I can just fill it up a little bit more frequently, but maybe every 45 to 50 minutes or so to make sure I'm staying hydrated on the run. Maybe not important for not as important for short runs, but certainly important for long runs, and it allows you to drink to thirst along the way. And I can tell you as someone who was very resistant to using handhelds prior to doing actually the ultra training that I was doing, I thought it would be really annoying or frustrating or bothersome, but it's not. I mean, there's a little bit of an adjustment period, certainly, as you get used to carrying it. But the way they're made these days, they are ergonomic and they are as basically as simple and easy to carry as possible, oftentimes including straps that you can tighten to keep it tightly connected to your hand so that it's really something you get used to and you get used to carrying it very easily. Now I'm at a point where I don't even think about it when I'm carrying it and it's really comfortable. It allows me to drink to thirst along the way so that... I've learned and trained myself to stay ahead of hydration versus taking those longer durations of time between getting hydrated, which then can sometimes leave you in a deficit at certain points. And so I've trained my body by carrying something the whole run to essentially stay up to speed on hydration throughout. And then it becomes a mindless activity where you don't have to really think about it. It just happens by having it with you. So if you don't have a handheld, a running handheld for hydration on your runs, get one, get used to it. It might take two to three weeks of running with it consistently to start to forget about it. But once you do that, it becomes no big deal. And then you will train yourself along the way to be better about staying on top of your hydration. So get yourself a running handheld. That is hack number four. Okay, let's get to number five. And this is one I actually recently talked about on my technology episode, but I think it's good enough to mention here again because I consistently see people using other methods, other methods, and I certainly understand that people may have different ways of doing things, but I don't get it because I think this is a simple way, an easy way to track your workouts. And so my fifth running hack is to make sure that you have an intimate relationship with the lap button on your GPS device. And if you don't have a a watch or a running device 
with a lap button, then get yourself a lap button. Because when you're doing workouts, I don't know how people do it without using the lap button. As I mentioned on that episode about technology several episodes ago, I construct my screens on my Garmin to have one screen that is fully devoted to lap distance, lap time, and lap pace, average lap pace. So when I'm doing my workouts and I have an interval session, all I do is hit the lap button to tell me exactly what I need to do. I'll hit the lap button to start an interval, and as I dig into that interval, then it will be telling me how far I've gone in that interval, what my time is in that interval, and what my average pace is as I progress through that interval. And so when I get to the end of the interval, I can see all that information, know exactly where I am in terms of hitting the workout. And then I hit the lap button again, that immediately causes it to go to zero and then track my recovery segment. So if I have a two minute recovery segment, then it's telling me on the watch what my time is for that recovery segment as it progresses. And then when I get back to that next interval, after the two minutes, I hit lap again and boom, we're tracking the next interval in the workout. So it makes it really easy. All I'm doing is hitting start to start the workout and then hitting lap as I go. And afterwards, I can look at Garmin Connect and it'll tell me exactly what the breakdown is of all that information by lap. Now, the one downside that I think people don't like is the fact that if you do that, then it's going to give you when you upload your time to Strava and it gives you your total average pace for the workout, it will include your average pace during that recovery segment, which might be basically zero if you're walking or standing for your recovery. And so that will increase the overall average that's showing up on Strava in the summary. But from my perspective, that doesn't matter to me because I don't, I don't actually care what people think about the average times. All the details are what matter. And I know whether or not I've hit those details to a T or not based on the lap times where I'm actually running. So makes it easy and also gives me all the information that I need to then go back and look at that workout and assimilate my lessons from it. So figure out how to use your lap button and it will make your life so much easier versus having to program in workouts versus having to think about whether or not your recovery is a certain length of time. If you hit stop instead of just lapping between intervals, it just makes your life easier. So figure out the lap button, use it, and don't look back. Don't worry about what Strava says. All right, that's number five. Figure out your lap button. Before we get to number six, wanted to quickly talk about my partnership with Care Of. They can be found at takecareof.com. They are a vitamin and supplement company that helps you get personalized recommendations for your needs in order to be the best version of you. I can tell you I've been using them now for over a year to make sure that I'm getting the daily supplementation I need. That started as a simple need to make sure I was getting my daily vitamin D. Now I've got other things included in my packs to basically make sure I'm staying on top of the supplements where I'm having issues staying up and current. And so they help me do that because I have a subscription and I just get what I need every month. It comes without me having to think about it. And I get those daily packs that I just take get what I need and move on with my day. It's really simple. So I highly encourage you to go check it out. Go take their quiz at takecareof.com. 
you can give them your goals and needs and they will spit out some recommendations for you based on what those are and will give you some recommendations about what to include in those packs. You can obviously add other things as needed as well. The nice thing about that is they'll give you the science as well as really transparent information about what's included and the sources of all of their vitamins and supplements so that you know exactly what's going in your body. So go check it out. Take their quiz at takecareof.com. And then you can use my offer code ROGUE50. That's R-O-G-U-E-5-0 for 50% off your first order. So go to takecareof.com, take the quiz, use my code ROGUE50 to get 50% off. Again, that's R-O-G-U-E-5-0. Five zero for 50% off your first order. Go check it out. Works for me. It will work for you as well. Okay. So we've got five down. We're going to go to number six here on my list of 11 running hacks. My next one took me a while to actually figure this one out, but I'm glad that I did. And that's the idea of using wool socks. Smart wool is my favorite brand, but there are others out there. Use merino wool socks. Merino is essentially nature's dry fit fabric. And so it'll keep you warm in the wintertime. It'll keep you wicked. It gives you that wicking behavior in the summertime when your feet are a little bit more sweaty. But I love the wool socks because of those reasons, but also because they're highly durable. The smart wool ones I have still don't have holes in them, even though that's something I commonly do is put holes in the end of socks. So they're highly durable, and then they they keep your foot warm when you need it and dry in the summer when you need that. So go check it out. Smartwool is the one I use, but there are other brands out there as well. Wool socks. That is the running hack you maybe didn't know you needed. The other thing I like in that respect is certainly I have the no-shows or ankle socks, which I appreciate when I'm doing something fast, typically a workout. But in the summer months, I like to use the crew sock, which might have a four to six inch cuff to it because that essentially helps keep my shoes drier for longer on those longer summer runs where I'm sweaty and eventually you kind of get that soggy, slushy shoe feeling in humid climates. And if I wear a little bit longer sock in the summer, it catches more of the sweat above my shoe dripping down from my legs so that it takes a little longer for my shoes to get soggy and squishy in those sweaty summer runs. So that's another bonus hack for you within the hack. But get yourself some wool socks from Smart Wool and consider some options in that longer cuff as well, that four to six inch cuff as well. So that's hack number six. Okay, for number seven, we turn focus to the rehab and recovery side of things. Hack number seven, which I've talked about before on this podcast, is don't stretch foam roll. Don't stretch foam roll. In general, the studies behind stretching for runners do not pan out as something that we need to do unless you already have an established routine that's working for you. But if you're not stretching now, then you don't need to start stretching but I would recommend foam rolling because foam rolling does help you with mobility. One of the analogies I use in thinking about the difference between stretching and foam rolling 
is I think we can all intuitively think about our muscle having a knot in it when essentially the muscle fibers get out of alignment and they aren't moving in the directions that they're intended to move. And so you'll feel that kind of a knot in your muscle at time if you massage a muscle that's tight. And if you think about that knot in the context of a knot in a rope, if I have a knot in a rope and I want to get the knot out of the rope, what do I have to do? I have to use my fingers to manipulate that knot to untie it, to get it undone so that I have a clean and straight rope. But if I pull on the rope, it just makes that knot tighter. And so instead of making those knots tighter by stretching, what we want to do is work out those knots by doing things like foam rolling. And my favorite foam rolling tool is the trigger point grid. You can buy those for about 40 bucks. It's the best investment I've ever made in running related to my own personal recovery because it's like the massage that keeps on giving for 40 bucks that upfront purchase. It's a highly durable product that has lasted me forever. I have the same grid foam roller that I've had for shoot probably eight years at this point and it's still going strong but jumping on that foam roller while I'm watching TV at night to work my low back, my glutes, also flip over, work my quads, work my calves that has kept me running strong in a lot of cases when I have those tight muscles that pop up. So don't stretch, but do invest in a foam roller. There's a lot of good ones out there. Again, personally, I recommend the trigger point grid, but now you've got dozens upon dozens of options at this point. Get a foam roller and use it regularly. It also feels good and it's kind of relaxing and meditative when you jump on there. So that's my hack number seven. Don't stretch, foam roll. Another recovery hack for you, I'm going to give you it with number eight. Number eight, my great hack is understanding and learning the value of the recovery walk. The recovery walk. And I'm not necessarily talking about this as necessarily a part of your routine that has to stay there. And I'm not certainly recommending that you necessarily replace recovery walks with recovery runs. Do those recovery runs for sure. But I've learned over the last decade the magic and power in a recovery walk, especially after a hard race and certainly after a hard workout, perhaps later in the day after you've done something really tough in the morning that's really worked the muscles, going on a short easy recovery walk is a really nice way to kickstart that recovery process even in advance of your recovery run so that you feel better when you go do that recovery run. One of the ways I learned about this honestly was doing and investing and committing to recovery walks the day of my marathon after the marathon and I find that going for a recovery walk Later in the day, by continuing to keep moving on that day of your marathon, it absolutely helps kickstart that blood flow and recovery that will make those subsequent days feel better. It's not easy. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes you have to go really slowly to get it done. But going for a nice recovery walk after a marathon or after any race is a really nice way to create that blood flow and via movement that's going to kickstart recovery. I've also inserted recovery walks in my routine in the afternoons or early evenings on days where I'm doing workouts. So Tuesday, typically morning is when I'm doing my hard workouts and I'll be doing recovery walks Tuesday evening. I have the benefit of 
taking kids to soccer practice in that window typically. And oftentimes we'll be at a field that has a track around it or has a path around it. And so I'll just jump on that track while I'm watching soccer practice and do sometimes a 30, 40 minute recovery walk around that track. Really leisurely effort, really easy, nothing fast or rigorous, certainly no aerobic element to it, but just purely working the legs a little bit via walk so that I'm getting that blood flow, which creates an opportunity for healing. So think about where those recovery walks might fit in. It also serves as a great mental health break where I can disconnect from my device, maybe throw music in sometimes, maybe not, and just take a break from the stresses of the world and enjoy my time cruising around the track. So number eight, the magic and value of a recovery walk. All right, number nine. Number nine, we're going to turn to footwear. We're going to turn to footwear. And this is one that has been a big part of my life for at least 10 years now. Some of you may or may not know, but Rogue Running was in the running retail business from 2008 until 2017 fall when we sold our retail part of our business to Jackrabbit. That business is now owned by Fleet Feet, so it's been subsequently sold again. We got out of retail at that point, obviously stayed into our training business, but I spent a better part of those 10 years working on a shoe floor oftentimes and really becoming deep and embedded in shoe fitting and getting the right shoes on people's feet, especially as they were many were connected to our training business. And so we had a, from my perspective, we had some of the highest accountability in terms of our shoe fitting because they would get fitted on our shoe floor and then they would go train with us. And so we would definitely hear about it if we were doing things wrong. But one of the things I learned on the shoe floor is that lighter is better and that in general, neutral cushion trainers work for the vast majority of people. We were not a big fan of posted shoes or shoes with a post, something like the adrenaline or traditional stability shoes. We weren't a big fan of that because it would control the foot in a way that wasn't natural. And so we found the vast majority of success could be had by putting somebody in a lightweight neutral trainer. Oftentimes you hear people talk about needing cushioning for their running. The problem with cushioning is that that cushioning is often at the cost of added weight. And when you put more weight on your feet, even if there is cushioning there, sometimes that makes you plod or move in a way that's unnatural. So getting into a shoe that's a little bit lighter, that's neutral, can have a lot of benefits. And once you go there, it unlocks this freedom with your running that will cause you to not want to go back. So I highly recommend if you haven't already tried it, try some lighter weight neutral options, maybe not as your everyday shoe to start out, but maybe as a shoe that you work in periodically, because I promise you, if you find that shoe that's lightweight, that's neutral, that feels natural to you, that disappears when you put it on, there is magic there and you're not going to want to go back. I wrote a blog one time called The Myth of Overpronation, which you can actually go and just, if you Google that line, it'll pop up immediately on your screen. It'll be the top result on Google, on the Google search engine. And it'll explain a little bit about our philosophy here, as well as it talks about a challenge that we did at the time to try to get people out of posted stability shoes, which 
we were able to do with actually quite success if you read through all the comments. But go check it out and check out a lightweight neutral trainer because it will unlock freedom for your feet that you'll thank me for later. So that is hack number nine. Two more. All right, hack number 10, electrolytes. We were talking a little bit earlier about heat acclimation. I'm a big believer in the idea that hydrating outside of your running is really, really important, especially in those warm summer months for most of us. And so it becomes then during the summer months, especially here in Texas, but really in any warm climate and in any humid climate, it becomes a full-time job staying hydrated throughout the day. And you really have to emphasize that hydration outside of your running as well. Something for me that I've found makes a huge difference in how I feel on my runs during the summer is by supplementing electrolytes during the day. And so I like to try to get at least two servings of electrolytes during the day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, during those warm summer months to make sure I'm staying on top of my electrolytes, which allows for the body to absorb the water that you're taking in. Obviously, I'm bringing in fluid as well to make sure the combination of those two things is is at the right spot. That helps me stay hydrated, helps me feel good, helps me acclimate to those warmer temperatures in the summer months. The challenge for that is sometimes it's inconvenient to get some sort of electrolyte drink, whether you be using Noon or Scratch or Element or any of these other things, Gatorade, Powerade, whatever it may be. Sometimes it's inconvenient to get those things. And oftentimes those drinks have calories in them that you may not be want to take, be taking in at various points in the day. Of course, there are low to zero calorie drink options, but sometimes it's just not convenient to get that or you may not have access to it or it may be difficult to carry, whatever it may be. So another hack that I like for getting and staying on top of my electrolytes is just taking salt pills occasionally during the day or taking Endurolytes or some other electrolyte pill that's going to help you get what you need. And so if you need two servings a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, you can simply take a serving of salt pills or electrolyte pills at those times with water. And that will be another way to get what you need without having to worry about having some sort of hydration element. And if we're talking about an electrolyte pills, I'm a big fan of the Endurolytes because they have a mix of not just NaCl, sodium chloride, but they also have magnesium, potassium, other electrolytes to make sure that you're getting the full breadth of those electrolytes that you need to make sure your cells can absorb the water that you're taking in. So I use Endurolytes. I actually like Endurolytes Extreme because they have in one pill what you would have normally in two pills if you have the normal version of those. So that's what I use at times to make sure I can easily take in those electrolytes during the summer months. Pop a pill, take in the water I need, boom, I'm caught up. My cells then have the ability to absorb through osmosis the water that's uh, that I'm taking in in order to make sure that they have what they need to not only perform respiration and make you go when it's time, but also to help repair, repair the cells when it's time as well to recover. So that's hack number 10. Take those salt pills if you need it to get those electrolytes, especially in those summer months. Incidentally, then you can also use them during the run as well, which I take usually in the summer before I start and then every hour on the run as well. All right, that's hack number 10, salt pills by day. Hack number 11 is a tool that I've been using as a, for a long time as a coach in order to draw out 
maps and figure out courses and things like that. But it doesn't require membership. It's easy to use. It's really simple. All you need is access to the internet. There's also an app as well, but there's a site that it used to be called GMAPS Pedometer. Now it's called Myler Meter. So if you go to Myler Meter, M-I-L-E-R-M-E-T-E-R.com, it is an essentially a widget that's been built on top of Google Maps for you to draw out and make your courses as well. For those that need to figure out a course for a long run, map out perhaps an interval loop for a workout, it's a really easy way to do it without having some sort of membership to Strava or Map My Run or one of these other services. You also don't have to log in, so you can get in there, you can do it easily. I find it's best used on a laptop or desktop, but there is an app, the Myler Mueller app as well, where you can actually do it on your phone if needed. But it's really simple, easy to use tool. You can also save your routes on there if you need to in order to have a Rolodex of those over time. But it's a really simple and easy tool to map those runs to find out intervals for workouts. You can also look at the elevation chart on there by clicking on that button. So it's a nice, easy, flexible tool to figure out where you're going on your runs without having to deal with the cumbersome elements of having a membership for something. So check it out, mylermeter.com. It's been something I've been using for a long time as a coach, and I also use it as an individual athlete sometimes to map out where I'm going. So there you go. That's hack number 11. Check out mylermeter.com for all your route making needs. So there you go. 11 running hacks to hopefully make your running life a little bit easier. Hopefully you learned something along the way, learned a little tip or trick. If you have a running hack outside of that, would love to hear about it. You can always email me, chris at roguerunning.com, and I'd be happy to share it with the audience. Otherwise, we'll wrap this episode here. I'll remind you that you can check out that offer that I mentioned by going to takecareof.com. Use the code ROGUE50 for 50% off. Otherwise, you can check us out at roguerunning.com and follow us on social media at Rogue Running on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.